Hi, and welcome to the Naspany Magazine podcast with me, Phil Aston. And on this episode, I'm absolutely delighted to have with me Zach Allen and Harrison Marcello. Is that the right way of pronouncing your surname? Mark? Hello, Marcello. I'm kind, Marcello. Of, kind of easy on him. <laughs> Usually the soft C, though. <laughs> soft C. Okay, from rock band Tempt, based in New York City. And your debut album comes out on August the 25th on Better Noise Music. And the band is Zach Harrison on lead guitar, um, Christopher Gooden on bass, and Nicholas Burroughs on drums. Now, welcome um, to the Now Spinning Magazine podcast. It's absolutely wonderful to have you here. And before you say anything, I just have to say that I've been playing this new album, which isn't out yet, on a continuous loop. It's, <laughs> I, my kind of music is melodic rock, AOR, that kind of stuff. And this ticks all those boxes. However, one of the things I want to ask straight away is that when you were growing up, were you listening to Def Leppard a lot by any chance? Yeah, we were listening to all of that stuff. I mean, I've always been a huge Def Leppard fan. I'm, I'm really a Mutt Lang super fan. So anything uh, he's done from Shania Twain to ACDC to Muse Nickelback. to Nickelback, I mean, anything he's done, I will listen to. I'm a huge fan of him and his production style. But yeah, I think both Zach and I grew up listening to you know, obviously the music of our time and, and, and our, and like music we would hear from our peers growing up, but also through our parents and, you know, both being musicians, me, the guitar player and Zach, a vocalist. I mean, I think anyone who's seriously learning an instrument is always going to originally go back to the classics and the people that kind of invented the way those instruments are played. So you're always going to be going back to sixties, seventies, eighties, uh, rock music and even pop music but um yeah. and so we've always just been listening to that stuff but also everything as well i mean we're huge fans of um stuff that comes out today and 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 trying to incorporate like the sounds that we love about the timeless sounds we love about you know classic rock music with more kind of modern production songwriting sensibilities and music today because we really want to be we don't want to just recreate that kind of stuff but we want to be moving the genre forward and uh, not reinventing the wheel, but kind of like going to outer space, if you will. Yeah, yeah, because you this is your, your debut album's coming out later this month. But you've been a you've been together for a, how long? Since about five five plus years? Oh, yeah, twenty seventeen was when we finalized the lineup with Nick and Chris. Yeah, and with COVID years, that's really only like two yeah, years. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna subtract three years. COVID, right? Doesn't doesn't count. <laughs> so, so uh, Zach, I mean, who are your vocal influences? I have a lot of vocal influences. So I would say my number one would probably be Steven Tyler. Um, grew up loving Aerosmith. Um, I love his lyricism. I love his style, his stage presence. Um, just everything about him. He's just fun to watch on stage. Yeah, the way yeah. Very true. He's, it's just, he just has an electric energy about him. And I've always really been drawn to that. Um, other vocal heroes. I mean, I've, you know, Lou Graham from Foreigner jumps out amazing voice incredible um some of the runs he does i wish i could do <laughs> um, he's amazing and then um a bit of a different answer i green day was one of my favorite bands growing up and um even though it's different than you know maybe how i sing i i love me some billy joe armstrong and i love his his attitude when he's singing yeah. and everything about that band and their live shows so that's kind of a weird mix of three but mm -hmm. there you go <laughs> now that's really cool and harrison your guitar style is 
is wonderful because you you play with such a lot of melody and a lot of control. You can obviously play really fast, but you the way that you play within the songs, which I'm going to go through some of the album tracks soon, is really, really tasteful. And also the way you use a tremolo arm is really tasteful as well. I mean, who who are the guitarists that you you admire? Um, well, I'm a huge Alex Lifeson fan, and I think you can hear a lot of that on the record with a lot of the chord voicings I use yeah, and some yeah. chorus sounds. I've always loved his work with Rush. And I think, you know, he's a terribly underrated guitar player as what being one of the great guitar players in terms of that type of rhythm playing. I mean, the stuff, the kind of finding interesting ways, you know, I'm, whenever, whenever I'm working on a song and writing guitar parts, I'm always trying to look for like, okay, you know, there's only, you know, so many notes on the scale and so many chords that you play on guitar. How can I make it in this song a little bit different? Can I add, you know, a, a note that's usually not in the chord and, and, or at, or some, some kind of cool tone. So he is a huge inspiration uh, for me in terms of that. I mean, other guitar players, you know, on the shredding side is like, I've, I've obviously loved like Ingve Malmsteen. I love Jeff Beck. I have a huge number of guitar players like jakey lee is a big influence randy rhodes is probably my biggest influence in terms of playing the guitar because um you know he he was my first real inspiration to be able to say i want to do that and mm -hmm. to me randy it kind of epitomizes what my philosophy with his guitars is like you said randy can obviously shred and play as fast as anyone can play but he knows what a song needs in a guitar solo, how to elevate a song, how to deliver something melodic versus just shredding for the sake of shredding. And even though I am a guitar player, I really think in the context of the band and as a songwriter in the band, I am a songwriter first. And I think that I'm not going to do something on the guitar that doesn't contribute to the song whether that's a melody or a vibe or having the solo be something that brings the song into a new place or maybe a song does call for just a shredding solo but it's about how do you use your the techniques and and what you've built up on guitar to fit it into the song that where the guitar works and it makes sense and it's and it meshes fully with the song and i think those players yeah kind of epitomize that so i think i think you do that so well and the the way that you play comes across as like the song has another voice within it rather than a guitar solo layered on top of the song that someone's just come in and done like a, a drive-by solo your your solos sound really part of the of the, the construct of the song so absolutely fantastic the other Thank thing you. that i have to mention is the way this album sounds i mean it's it's immaculate. I mean, the production, you know, is just outstanding. I mean, you you work with is it Chris Chris Lord on on this? Who's worked with the Foo Fighters, Muse, and Harry Styles? How did you how did you team up with him? Uh, this is an interesting it is, story. It's a long story. I mean, so it started because I'm Malcolm Dome really all started with Malcolm Dome, who we love um, yeah. and we miss very much. Yes, um, yes. he was always a, he was always a champion of the band but yeah, he, found, he found us early on um through you know youtube and stuff like that and he was familiar with our first record we did yeah. runaway because Derek oliver's um rock candy rock candy yeah put out runaway and obviously Derek and, and malcolm knew each other so that's how malcolm for we kind of first got on his radar and we had a very kind of um you know, he had this, he was a mentor to us and we would kind of email him, ask him questions about the business and certain things as we were really kind of 
getting off the ground in 2017 and 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 kind of starting the brand band proper and saying okay we're going to commit to this we want to start you know doing this and it wasn't until which video it was living dangerous it was living dangerous he saw a video of us playing our song living dangerous live at a venue in jersey and yeah he freaked I, out he loved it he loved it he was like oh my god this is great and he sent it out um to steve, to steve strange. strange yes another person that we miss dearly um steve uh, was our manager and was the one that connected us with cla connect yeah he played it for chris and chris or algae loved the tracks and said here let me uh have the band send me you know three sessions that they want me to mix and we'll do like i'll do some demo test mixes for them and we'll see how it works out so you know we're obviously kind of starstruck because as someone who produces a lot of the music and works in pro tools like i've spent my entire life watching chrysler algae tutorials and (laughs) mix things and stuff so so then we send Chris, I send him three sessions and we just get back these amazing mixes. I know we had just gotten off doing the Bon Jovi cruise. Yeah. And we were, we were driving back. We had a day before we were coming back to New York and we had the mixes played it in my car and uh, we freaked out. No notes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's look at that. It it sounded so cool. And then, Um, so then Chris, you know, he totally got what we were doing. um, Totally saw the vision of the band and he got on board as a manager as well. And then he, from there on, we just had this amazing, or we still have it, this amazing relationship with him as basically just an equal creative partner where we finished the record with him. Um, you know, he did the mixing and sent it off to get mastered. And and uh, now we have this amazing record. <laughs> and, he, and he's a wonderful collaborator too. Yeah. I mean, when he comes to town, like he'll come and meet us at our studio and we'll listen to things and new stuff for working on anything. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He wants to hear new stuff. He wants to hear, you know, obviously going through the album, we were going to him with that kind of stuff as well. Um, but he's always, he always pushes us forward in a good way and, and always works with us and shares our vision. And that's what's so great about working with him is that yeah. he, he has no ego about it at all. And, you know, just, you know, just if there's something we don't agree with that he says, then we, we might not agree with him, but we're, we're always open to trying it. So yeah. he's been a wonderful collaborator. Does he, has he helped to tour with the arrangements or is that purely, all the songs completely you? Does he? Yeah, so, so he helped with some of the arrangements. Um, you know, he was really, I can, you know, my biggest fault as a producer is I can sometimes lay it on a bit too thick and want to add as much stuff as possible. And he would be kind of like, the voice of reason saying, okay, we don't need like 10 guitar tracks on this chorus. We might, we, we might, <laughs> let's just try these four. Yeah. Or, you know, he, you know, there's a few tracks like Addicted to Touch, which he, you know, had the the idea for the intro solo on it. Originally there wasn't the intro guitar solo and certain vocal harmonies and melodies. He said, oh, it'd be great if Zach, you know, did this harmony part here, if you had a backup here. So, you know, and it was, it was a total, like Zach said, it was a total, um collaborative relationship back and forth where he really was almost like a fifth member of the band equal um creative partnership where he was kind of giving us ideas we would try him maybe it didn't work i'd ask him what if in the mix you know you did this to the snare drum here you put a filter sweep here so it it just it was really amazing actually how um seamless the whole process was and him 
And it was definitely, we were definitely a bit starstruck when we were first working <laughs> too. But yeah. now we just view him as like one of our buddies, basically. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's what you want from a producer, isn't it? Someone who's actually just part of the team, you know. So yeah, it's happy. Exactly. Well, starting starting with the album, the opening track is Welcome Me In. And I think another part of your secret weapon of your armory is Christopher Gooden on bass. I mean, wow, what a pl- what a player. Um, what a great bass sound throughout the whole album. But there's certain moments in this album when he really is like center of stage, isn't he? And that's that opening song, how, how you think it's going to be with those great riffs and crunching chords. And then that bass, that bass line comes in. Which is kind of like, love that one too. Whenever we play that one live, everyone gets excited. To see yeah. Chris. And it's funny. I've I don't think I've ever heard Chris being called Christopher. So I'm sure he'll love that. His parents <laughs> will probably love that. Um, but uh, yeah, he adds a lot. He's um, he's a really dynamic player. Um, he has way more pedals than you do. You don't even use pedals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Entire pedal he, board for Chris has a bigger pedal board than I do, which is really um, bad. But that song too. I I I love that song. And I think it's a it's the perfect opener um, for the album because it really sets the tone of what we were trying to accomplish with this record of where I I really view the record and has this this progression of kind of us you know really discovering our sound and you have these you know you have a song like Welcome Me In where it's this really in my opinion unique blend of kind of these these R and B elements these kind of dance elements with really hard rock guitars but also same with the melodies i mean the chorus the actual chorus line is this very aggressive melody but then leading up to that you know the verses and the pre-chorus are these very kind of poppy yeah yeah non-traditionally rock kind of melodies and so to me that song is kind of the perfect opener for the record because it's it's a little microcosm of i think what we achieved on the record which is bringing you know songs like which we'll talk about like camouflage or living dangerous which are more kind of straight ahead rock and then that mix of the pop and the r&b and more kind of modern elements which you don't really hear in rock which we love as listeners you know everything from listening to daft punk or the weekend or uh kanye west and stuff like that in but how do we bring that into a rock element and i think the that first track welcome me and it's kind of it's almost like a little uh it's like a little uh, it's an amuse-bouche. It's a, it's a it's a little kind of summary of what's to come on the record. Yeah, but, it, but you've also got that bit. I think it's about three minutes in when it kind of drops back. It, it just drops back. And it's and I think what I like about it is that there's so many things, especially the whole album, but you do things I'm not, I'm not expecting. Obviously, from someone of who's older and listened to rock music since the early 70s, my brain automatically goes, is always, always filtering things that's from there. That's from that. It's going to do this next. The middle eight will go to that chord. There'll be a there'll be a key change here. Can't get that with this. It just <laughs> it's really it really it's great because it's like it's fresh, it's new, and I love the other thing you were saying about um, the producer maybe taking things out. Is there's so much space in the sound stage between the instruments? Like the music really has a chance to breathe and it really comes across in that first track. It really does. Uh, the next one. I, I is actually, say, sorry, yeah, if I could just say something real quick on that. I, yeah. I think that's really important to us is, you know, having that, having an element of freshness and I, and I, and what comes down to it really at the end of the day is that we are all, we all have the same vision for kind of what the music in the band should be. And so for us, we're really, 
focus on just writing music that we want to hear and what's true to ourselves. And whether, and that's just, like I said, this confluence of influences we have from, you know, everything from the seventies rock to, to stuff that's came out a week ago today. And I think that's what, what's really helped us is we're not trying, we're not, we have influences There are obviously things you can hear yeah. in our music, just like with any artist, but we're really just trying to write like, what, what, what do we wish rock music was doing today that we could listen to and how can we just write that? And I think that helps a lot with that. And I think what you said about the Chris and the sound uh, of the record is, is true too. It's like, how do you create these dynamic changes and give every song a, like a little bit of a story, you know? Yeah. Like there's light and shade in it. It's not like a lot of, um, a lot of rock music, a lot of metal songs, everything's on one level, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. one guitar comes in over here at that level. Another one comes in at the same level. The vocalist is going to be here. Your, your stuff is kind of, very refreshing and the next track is one of my favorites um which is living dangerous um, oh, yeah. which also features dorothy on on when she comes in on the second verse how did you get involved with her because I, I as an artist i think she's fantastic as well she is she is great we um that was that was a suggestion from our label yeah. um they said we should do a feature on a song and i think we were a little hesitant at first, yeah. if we're being completely honest, um, just because songs are very personal. When you yeah. write something, it feels like it's your it's your child, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 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 it's your baby, um, yeah. So exactly. So for for us, you know, and we, we never, knew Dorothy we, was a good singer. Yeah, but we, we knew. Yeah, we, we. I was going to say we never had we've never had a feature before. So right. the whole, the whole process new. was kind of new to us. And we were like, "Is this person going to come on and ruin our perfect song?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind <laughs> of that vibe. Yes, yes, <laughs> but um. But yeah, she um she nailed it. I mean, if you listen if you listen to it, she she really elevates it and added some really cool parts. Um and you it's know high harmonies I, and stuff. My 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 little story that I've told uh is that when I got the when we got the mix back from CLA and we were listening to it when the second verse started, I I didn't realize she had started singing. I thought it was still me, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's nice. a compliment to her and and you know matching the vibe of the song and and really getting it. And uh, that was a lot of fun to work on. Yeah, yeah, because th- I mean the video is fantastic as well. And um, and Harrison, the guitar solo in that track, oh, it's it just nails it. It's just <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, it's fa- absolutely so melodic and again really tasteful use of the tremolo arm is absolutely brilliant um because it was used in a film wasn't it yes alligators it was in the soundtrack which was a film done by our record label they have a movie better noise films yeah they have a movie kind of division that they do so it was used in that film yeah you could listen to living dangerous while like watching zombies get killed (laughs) (laughs) what what better way to spend a day you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the next one is Two Ways, which is a great mid, a, a great, a great bass and drum sound again on this one, you know, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so, that's um, th- that song, just the verse of that sh- song just really shines with when it comes in after the first intro. And it's just this yeah. pounding bass and kick drum. And I, th- to me, like, to me, that's a pretty much perfect song. And what's interesting is that my my sister actually came up with the chorus melody and the lyric which is is victoria i'm not she'll be on the album if if you get a physical copy which we have pre-orders now on our band camp the tempband.bandcamp.com um she's she'll you'll see that it's all songs written by tempt 
except two ways written by Tempt and Victoria Gross. And, and this was actually at Oxford in England. I was visiting her. Oh, good for her. She was doing a semester there. And I said, check out this cool, you know, song that we're working on. And it got to the chorus and she just came up with, there's only two yeah. <laughs> I said, that's amazing. We're using that. <laughs> Brilliant. And the next track is uh, Burn Me Down, which is also a single and a great, a, a very interesting video as well. Um, it must have been quite hard to, well, from my perspective, to pick what tracks could be singles because it would be it would be easier to try and think which song couldn't be a single. That they're all so strong. So, what was it about this one you thought? I think that that's going to be a good taster for the record. Well, first, thank you. Um, the second thing is that we actually changed up what the singles were going to be. Mm-hmm. The initial run of singles were not what ended up being the singles oh. now. Um, and I think we, I think, I think it was we, just a natural selection. Yeah, we we wanted to change it because. Um, I think for the the three singles, which were uh, Living Dangerous, the first one, then we had Roses, which we'll talk about, then Burn Me Down, and Golden Tongue is going to be our final singles. I think we wanted the singles to really reflect all all the different aspects of the record. And I think Mm -hmm. those four really encapsulate, like, these are kind of the different sounds that are going to be... On the record, yeah. On the record, and, and that's kind of the diversity of it. And, you know... Alan Kovac, the CEO of our label, he did a listening with us uh, right before it got mastered with his kind of last thoughts. And he said the same thing. He said, I don't know what the singles are. There's going to be like six, there's like six or seven singles. On this <laughs> it's true. <laughs> there is. Um, and now it's a great track. Um, the the next one uh, is Hideaway, isn't it? Now, this was, I felt you were wearing your influences more on your sleeve on this one. Just from my perspective, this was like real high and dry period Def Leppard in the kind of riffage and the way it kind of comes out. It's a great track. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, that I think Hideaway was, if I'm remembering correctly, the first song we yep. wrote for the record. Yep. So, like I said, that the record really is um, all the songs obviously are stand together and are you know, I think part of this soundscape that we've built, which you've alluded to, but, you know, it's also a personal kind of journey of our progression as a four-man unit writing these songs and discovering, like, where, what's the direction we're going in with this band and how are we going to, you know, try to turn rock music on its head a little bit and do something fresh. And Hideaway is one of those tracks where it was like one of the first ones we wrote for the record. So it has that much more kind of straight straight ahead rock feel but that is one of my favorite songs and that was um our late manager who we mentioned before steve strange that was his favorite was song his favorite. he was obsessed with that, that. song yeah, uh, yeah a, a absolutely brilliant song i mean you, when you mentioned it you obviously knew Derek oliver um malcolm obviously from rock candy records and obviously that label has kind of like championed lost aor and metal mm. albums from the 80s you know bands like icon and all these kind of bands but what's great about what you're doing is you are bringing it right into 2023. It yes. doesn't sound, it, you're bringing all the best bits, <laughs> the best bits from your favorite meal <laughs> and, then exactly. creating, and then creating something that's got extra spices in it. <laughs> now, it's, love it's, that it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I absolutely love it. There's, um, there's a band called Coney Hatch. They have a track called, um, and what the guitars, what the guitar sounds quite similar in, to the solo we do in that track it's just brilliant so that's a it's a compliment um cool. how, how again how you how you kind of create 
and construct those solos is really, really cool. Um, the next one is Camouflage, um, which has got fantastic backing vocals. And in fact, the vocals throughout this album and the way you arrange all the kind of like uh, chant vocals and stuff, is that done jointly or, or Zach, is that a lot of your vision? Um, it, it's a mix. I would say most of the chant vocals are not just me. It's uh, all it, the backgrounds. Are at least, least, at, least at least three of us, if not all four of us doing those. Um, some of the line harmonies are just me, but even some of those, we kind of sing falsetto together. Um, definitely for the bigger, beefier vocals. And then come at least three. And we do like a million tracks. Yeah. Them, you know? And, but <laughs> like then also and harmonizing them is, is a combination too. Like sometimes, you know, Zach will just like hear it and be like, okay, this is the harmony. And it's like, okay, that works. Sometimes it might be a little more difficult. Sometimes I'll get up the keyboard and be like, okay, here's the third and the sixth. And do we like this? So it's, it's a total kind of free flowing uh, mishmash of different ways that we come up with the harmonies, but we just, I mean, there's definitely a few times it's like, we'll do like 48 tracks of background vocals, massive. And we're listening back to it. I'm like, the harmonies aren't right here. But yeah. We got to redo them. Again. That's the worst. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I mean, the the other thing that comes across as, we're, as we go through the album is that just how positive it is. I mean, I know, you know, some of the songs you're talking about, emotion, um, you know, relationships and stuff and you're, but musically, it's such a positive, life-affirming album. You know, we, we live in kind of quite dark times at the moment. And this, mm-hmm. you know, it's a bit like the Swedish band Heat. It's like one track after the other. It's just punch the air, throw your head back and shout rock music. That's really, I can imagine people waving flags at a festival and just <laughs> going for it. Glastonbury, huh? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I think, you know, we, one thing that we're all fans of in music is escapism and we're all very kind of positive people. And I think that we want to, with our music, we're trying to create something larger than life, create a different kind of world, something that people can escape into that is positive, that is fun. And that doesn't mean that, you know, like you said, there might not be songs that have more kind of serious undertones or be more emotional or darker, but overall, you know, our music is about, it's about fun. It's about excitement. It's about building kind of a world that people can get away to from their, you know, day-to-day life. Cause that's what I love about music. Like I love working out and putting on an amazing track that's like motivates me and gets me excited about life or whatever. So I think that's where we really are. And it doesn't mean that it can't, you know, music that's like that cannot be serious, but it's at the same time, like we want our music to be infectious and give people, you know, drive and for them to have fun and everything. It's a good running record. Like if you like running, I think, I think it's a good running record. Yeah. I imagine it's a good driving record as well. Yes, that too. That too. Yeah. For trying real. to stay within the speed limit may be a problem, but it's a very good <laughs> driving record. Um, the next one, uh, gold golden tongue is a, a, another one of my favorites. And this has another great bass groove on it yeah. from Chris. Um, it's really, really good. And the vocals are impeccable. Great chorus. Um, just fantastic song. It's it's my favorite too on the record. I think it's all of our favorites because it's that to me is like the pinnacle of the record in terms of the sound that we've come to and accomplished of this. You know, it's heavy, but it's also super poppy. Like the verse, you know, the verse melodies are very, you know, like R&B, pop, you know, something you could even hear like on anything coming out right. now that's not a rock track but it also but then it comes to the chorus and you get that heavy guitar it's got that breakdown at the end it's got 
a great solo. So to me, this song is just the perfect song that sums up kind of who we are and what we're trying to do as a band. And um, we just did a video for this that will be coming out on the 25th with the with album the record, release. Yeah. And the video is pretty spectacular. We're very excited about the video. Yeah, it's really <laughs> sick. We're, I think it's our, it's easily the best video we've ever done. So. We're so hyped on it. And and the other thing is, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't you, didn't one of your guitars in Drop A in Golden Tongue? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it might be our heaviest song too, while also yeah. being maybe our poppiest. <laughs> yeah, it's heaviest and poppiest at the same time. It, it's, it's it's I'd, I'd put him a note. So I'd put like funk, pop, rock, pop. It's just, it's got everything in it. It's, but it works, which is great. Yeah, yeah. It works. It doesn't feel like it's disjointed. There's even some, even in the uh, after the solo in the, the breakdown part, Zach has the auto tune on yep. his voice. Oh, yeah. Know, it's a whole <laughs> my favorite part. Easy for me. <laughs> and the next one is sneaking sneaking around, um, which is again a, another fantastic arrangement. Um, wonderful song, and again the That's production is just this makes it. That's one of my favorites as well. And I think that's, I think out of all my guitar solos, that's my favorite one as that one. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the guitar solo section on it, the little turnaround it does, yeah. the way it builds out into them. Yeah. I, I think that's my favorite guitar solo. I can listen to that song. I can still, some of the songs I've gotten a bit sick of now after listening yeah, to my record like fair. 500 times, but that one I can still listen to on repeat every yeah. day. And it, it was one of the last songs we wrote for that. Was, I too. think that, or maybe didn't know that, that or addicted to touch were the last, exactly. was one of the last songs we wrote. Yeah. When you, when you do your uh, solos house and are they kind of pre thought out? Is there an improvisational aspect to any of it or is it kind of, is it you, you construct it and you literally play to what you're going to you it, it kind of depends a lot of it it starts off as improv you know i i kind of figure out what you know what the solo section is going to be uh whether it's just going to be maybe a verse or a chorus chords or maybe like in sneaking around you know it's a totally new part that this solo sits over um and then i'll maybe do you know a bunch of different takes of me kind of noodling around figuring out what works where i can maybe add a melody in or where and then it's almost like then reconstructing it from there sometimes though it's i'll be more deliberate you know so like on a song like living dangerous i knew right away i was like i gotta have the chorus melody in the solo and the solo starts with the you know so so it's a little bit of both but i think at the end of the day even if it's a solo where i start where i get my ideas from improving i then try to kind of break it all down okay what did i come up with here what did i like and then how do i reconstruct this into something that's coherent and works with the song so it's a kind of a it's kind of a little bit of um both it being chaos but also order <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and uh i mean chris's bass lines because they're a key part of the sound i mean is this does he because in some rock, some rock music, the bass player is kind of held back. They play root mm-hmm. bass, so it's just it's part of the soundscape, but it's just hidden amongst all the different frequencies. Obviously, Chris is playing; he's right. You can you can pick him out. You can pick all the instruments out and everything. So he's well. He, who who is influences? Interestingly, that'd be good to know. Chris, oh my goodness, he, I don't even really know because his, <laughs> he listens to. The, I mean, he obviously likes a lot of the same music we do, and 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 the bigger artists we do of today and of past. But 
he is the biggest music head in the band by far. by far. He will just come to the studio and rehearsing and be like, have you ever heard of X, Y, and Z, whatever <laughs> band? And it's like the most obscure, like math rock, like, you know, like this <laughs> weird underground genres that like you never even didn't even know existed. And he'll be like, oh, listen to this track. And we're like, wow, this is the weirdest music <laughs> we've ever heard. But he's so he's really into um, he has just his influences, I think, are probably more expansive than they're, ours. They're very, they're very wide ranging. It's funny. Like if you, if you bring a band that you like to him, he will tell you the band that that band is influenced by. Like it's, <laughs> it's that type of, it's, or and like, oh, like if you like this, listen to this. He's a big hip hop head. He, I know um, he'd be upset if we didn't say he's a big Queens of the Stone Age fan. Yeah. Um, loves Mikey Shoes. <laughs> um, and um but yeah, he has so many influences. And I think I think going back to the bass, I mean, I love music with good bass. Like I love R&B music. I like uh, dance music, all the stuff today, you know, even in hip hop and rap. Like I love drums and bass that a good bass line and drums that work together. So to me, like a song like Golden Tongue or Sneak In or Welcome Me In where there's a chance to have that really driving bass fat bass sound big kick drum that's just like a no-brainer for for songs for me and i i love to have that so i i'm a huge fan of rock music that has that kind of uh r&b drum and bass groove with heavy guitars that's just such a cool combination that i've yeah, always loved. i totally agree i mean the way he works with nicholas on drums um i mean each each instrument is like a lead instrument in the band but without sounding crowded um, yeah you know, sometimes with some albums, you have to like play it through and just listen to the vocals or just listen to the guitar to to try and isolate it in your head. But with this album, it's all there straight away. You can focus in on anything at any point, and I think that's what's so great about Chris's bass playing is because it's you can hear it so easily, but it's not overpowering anything. Um, and of course, your vocals, Zach, are just floating over the top of it, like <laughs> you know, butter, butter, but, yeah. Yeah, I think I think, too, if I could could say something else on that is I think a lot of that has to do with we even though this record is like you mentioned, kind of this immaculately uh, produced and the the way it's mixed and it sounds great. We at heart are a live band and we play together all the time, even when we're even during COVID, when there was no touring or anything happening, we couldn't play shows. We were like, we still got at least, you know, like a few times a month just to get in the studio and play through our record and the set. So that I think translates into why we we have this synergy of where everything can kind of work together because we spend so much time playing through these songs live and like what works, what doesn't work, you know. And um, so I think that's kind of the key to the the sound of the record is that at the end of the day, we really are kind of a live rock band. So, you know, even strip away all the cool, fun bells and whistles of the production stuff, there still is that kind of core element of what we sound yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I mean, it doesn't sound, I'm saying that, it doesn't sound overproduced at any point. And the next track, Roses, which is also a video and a single, has got that lovely staccato riffing going on, great chorus. And I imagine this, you're talking about being a live act, I imagine this will be absolutely fantastic live song it it, it was it's great and the other thing is that because um we've been finished with the record for a couple years before actually releasing it we have gotten the time and opportunity to essentially road test the songs and play the songs live for people and you're right roses does go over really well because everyone loves a good uh ooh, you know like it's it's easy and it's fun (sighs) and people and roses 
does translate very well live. They all do. And that's that's been the best thing about being able to play it live is being able to see what works and what doesn't because the most honest reaction you're going to get is from a crowd of people in front of you. And uh, so, you know, there have definitely been times where like, oh, maybe we'll tweak this in the studio yeah. after seeing how people react. Yeah, true. And the next one, Girl, another great bass song with a great bass sound and a wonderful melodic guitar work as well in this. In fact, this is another one of my favourites. And again, showing the the pop sensibilities of your music as well hidden amongst all the, the riffs and the chanting vocals. Yeah, that that was a really fun song to write. And um it's that that's got a lot of cool parts to it. I I'm I'm uh I always love listening to that one in the the little guitar riff in the pre-chorus. That's that very kind of like Lifeson meets Phil Collins type thing that yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. You know. and um and yeah that's that solo is cool too because you know it's not um it's similar to Golden Tongue in a way where there is this kind of very ethereal background where it's it's just the solo kind of floats on its own. There isn't even necessarily a rhythm guitar or a, or drums behind it. Um, so I love I love playing that solo live too. And then the last one, "Addicted to Touch," which is um, which I think again, like the opening song, brings together all the different things that you're trying to do. All the different genres of music is all poured into it. So I think if anyone kind of listens to you and says, oh, I, I recognize that kind of, you know, my subscriber base will have said, oh, that sounds like that, that sounds like this. But what what they won't be able to tag on to is the fact that you're crossing over lots of different lines. I mean, I can imagine that, you know, a lot of people just getting into rock music um, in whichever territory they're in, festivals and stuff, will like this. You know, yeah, and it's like the bass. I mean, there's a great little bass breakdown. In this yeah, one. There, there, yeah, there is. There is shines too. There is yeah. a game. Yeah, he shines a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a great. It's a great song. We, that uh, was that. Now that I remember, that I think was the last song we wrote for yes, the record. Yes, I think it was Sneakin' was the second last, and Addicted to Touch was yeah. the the final one where we wrote that, and then we said, I think we have enough songs now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. That's you talk, as you say, you're very much a live band. So that's the album and it's fantastic. And you've had some fantastic breaks in your, you know, in your young career already, haven't you? You've supported Iron Maiden, Bon Jovi. Yeah. I mean, these are wonderful step ups, aren't they, for a for a band just starting out. How did was that through your contacts with your manager, Steve Strange or Derek Oliver? Steve definitely was the one that, so the tour that we did last year, we were in Europe, we started in the UK, we went to Germany and we, Luxembourg, uh, France, Netherlands, the download, uh, download, we of course we did Belfast with Iron Maiden, Belsonic, yeah. Belsonic out there, um, which was really fun. That, that uh, tour was supposed to actually be in 2020, but of course everyone knows what happened. <laughs> so yep. it got pushed back. Um, and that was an incredible, like speaking about the Iron Maiden show was amazing because it was, it was almost like a mini festival. It was us, it was Shinedown, it was Airborne. And oh, then it was wow. Maiden. So it was like crazy. We we rolled up like looking at all these trucks and we're like, oh my God, like, wow, <laughs> this is crazy. Um, it was, Everyone it was, warned us too about the Maiden crowd. They said, and we heard before we started the tour about it and we heard from Shinedown, they said, don't be afraid. Don't, don't be, don't get discouraged if they like turn their backs to you or if they boo yeah. you or, 
whatever. And, um, and they actually loved us. Some yes. of our best fans we have to this day are from the maiden show. I know they were very kind to us. We were, we were going up there expecting beer to be thrown at us. And instead we got people clapping their hands and dancing. So it worked out. It worked out well. They no, were, they, I mean, I, I'm, I'm of a certain vintage to remember seeing Def Leppard uh, play at the wedding festival in 1980. And lots of people threw things at them because people just <laughs> thought, them, yeah, people thought yeah, they were like, too, well, that, these, that's been happening a lot, hasn't it? You know, with these people throwing stuff at the artists. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was going back to the egg because people saw Def Leppard then as being like all these young upstarts, but you know, they weren't, they too, this young band playing this music. And of course, within 12 months, they just won everybody over. But you know, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you, if you're playing in front of Iron Maiden, everyone's going for it. Then it's it's going yeah. pretty. It's it going pretty, well. That was, a, that was a pretty good. They sound, liked right? your solos. I think they liked <laughs> your. <laughs> I mean, you also do. Um, I watch. Uh, you do a fantastic version of "We Will Rock You" as well by Queen. Oh yeah, which, which is yeah, a great so video. Everybody, you should watch it. Um, yeah. I mean, and that, that looks, kind of is like a a recap of our tour last yeah, year. So, yeah, yeah. So it's a very fun video. There's a lot. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of funny little stories with We Will Rock You. One was we when we played at Download Fest, Zach stage dived for the first time and crowd surfed for the first time while we were playing that. And which that, is, the, is that the bit that's captured on the video? Yes, yes. yes, yes. yes. <laughs> that, that was his, that was his first time doing that. As well as you know, we um, we did. So we decided that we would cl- we we had, we usually do like a cover or two maybe during a set you know we've done that and we decided for the european tour that we were going to close every show with we will rocky because that's kind of the perfect song to yeah set with and of, and of course it went over great and everyone loved it when we came back we decided okay why don't we do this studio version of that song and we'll we'll do kind of a montage recap of the tour and it turns out one of our fans who saw us when we did our warm-up show. We played our warm-up show in Camden. The Blackheart. At the Blackheart, kind of, uh, before we started our tour. He saw us there. It turns out he is, like, best friends with Brian May. So he ended up sending it to Brian May. Brian May loved it. He shouted it out on his social media and stuff. And then we we did a fun project. We had all these different guitar players, you know, everyone from Phil X from Bon Jovi to... I can't even. Uh, Joel Hoekstra. Joel Hoekstra. I'm trying to remember now. <laughs> Al Dimiola. Al Dimiola. Yeah. Right. So we. Adam from the Struts. Adam from the Struts. So we had everyone do a, like a little TikTok challenge where they're all doing their own version of the solo that was to our fun. cover of We Will Rocky, which was really, that was really fun. fun. And the bonus thing is that we also partnered with the Save Me Trust, which is a charity that Brian May works with. Um, and all the proceeds of the song were going to them, number one. And the second best thing is that a lot of people didn't realize that Queen did a fast version of We Will Rock You. Yeah, they don't. So, no, people, they thought don't. Was, so people thought it was our arrangement. We're like, thank you. Like, <laughs> maybe listen a little more Queen, but thanks. You know, I'll take that. <laughs> Brilliant. And how do you, because in in the modern age of the way the music industry has changed, staying in touch with your fans now is very, very different. I mean, how do you engage with your fans? I mean, do you, do you, is, it, is social media a key part of that strategy? Yes, yes. it is. We're very active. On it's um, That's kind of the, the game now is you have to do the social media thing. And we, you know, we, we do a lot in terms of keeping in contact with the fans, you know, over COVID we, discovered a lot of this while you know obviously there's no live shows or things we could see anyone in person where we were doing live streams we were um you know doing like q a live streams interview people we even did uh we even set up the live room in our 
rehearsal studio with lights and smoke and did a few um, like live performances that we streamed. And then now I think, you know, we've really been focused on the singles, the music videos and getting this album out and then touring now next. And that's kind of been the big payoff for us because for a while our fans were like, when is the, when is the album coming out? So it's nice to finally have that to deliver to them. And seeing the reaction to the single. They've been very patient. I have to give them so much credit because for a long time we were like, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. It's coming soon. And now we have an actual date and uh, they've been very patient. And is the the album going to be available on CD and vinyl? So Um, not vinyl as of now, but yes, CD. We actually have a bunch of, we have a limited run of all signed CDs that are on our band camp, which is tempband.bandcamp.com. Mm-hmm. So definitely, if you're interested and you like what you've been hearing, go pre-order those. We'll be getting them uh, soon and we'll be signing all them and then shipping them out. Them. Personalized if you want, signing them. And uh, that's the that's the best way to get a physical copy right now. So I I encourage everyone to go to tempband.bandcamp.com. So yes. you want to all the streaming services. And so and it's a beautiful design. You're gonna want to you're gonna want to hold it in your hand. Yeah, I, well, I know. I, well, uh, Nice Mini Magazine is all about the physical product and the joy of holding music in your hand. So yes, everybody who watches this, you need to go and buy a copy. So you want yeah. you want people to buy from Bandcamp, not necessarily from your official website because uh, I know you've got a merch button there as well or. I think I think the the record right now is only available on temptband.band. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, I shall stick that in the description and, and across the bottom of, of this video as well. And obviously, when the album's out, live playing live is going to be the next thing on the agenda. Have you got any tours lined up? Any support slots? Or are you still working on that? We do have tours lined up. We can't announce anything yet, but we will be playing as much as we possibly can once this record comes out. That's. Yes. <laughs> we're excited to get back to playing because the last we we played a few shows in the New York area since the European tour, but the doing that European tour was just so amazing. And we can't wait to get back touring again and being able to meet all our fans that we've never met in person before. And I know showing the world our music. Fantastic. Well, no, it really is great to talk to you, uh, both Zach and Harrison. Thank you so much for your time today. And the album, which is just, I guess, called Tempt, your solo, your solo album, your debut album is highly recommended. And I think, I mean, for me, it's already going to be, I imagine, in my top 20 albums of 2023. Yes. So I I, I shall be after a physical copy. So I shall be off to Bandcamp after this. It's really, really good. So thank you very much, everybody, for watching. And remember to check out Tempt on the YouTube channel. Some great videos of the band playing there. So you can check out the, the new singles. And the album is out on August the 25th from Better Noise Music. And as I've said, it's highly recommended. And thank you for watching. And don't forget to subscribe to Naspany Magazine, the podcast, YouTube channel, and the website. And thanks, guys. And I should see you all, hopefully. Um, later on to come back and talk about how the album's going and uh, how the tour is going as well we'd love yes it. we'd love that thank we'd you for having us. us thank you man no problem at all a big thank you to my guests Zach Allen and Harrison Marcello from the band Tempt and their debut album as I've just said is out on August the 25th and it's absolutely fantastic if you're a fan of Heat um, Def Leppard Queen um, Bon Jovi but that's unfairly maybe putting them back in the 
in the past, in the golden time of rock and roll, whatever, but their music is like, has got everything in it from rock, pop, funk, metal, absolutely great band. And every track on the album could be a single. Every track is positive, life-affirming, punch the punch the air, throw your head back and shout, wave a flag type of rock music. And it's great to see that rock music is alive and kicking. And I think for, for young fans, this is a great band to get behind and help support. The album, as I said, is out soon. Make sure you buy a copy from the Bandcamp site for the band which is on the screen now or on the description and thank you for watching please subscribe if you haven't already and i shall see you on my next podcast